Welcome to Blooming Out, Indiana's only LGBTQ plus news and public affairs show featuring music, events, and interviews, both local and global. From the WFHB studios in Bloomington, Indiana, this is Blooming Out. Good evening and welcome to Blooming Out on WFHB. I'm Grace Thumser. And I'm Ryan Shaddy. On tonight's show, we have our featured music, your LGBTQ news headlines, and the LGBTQ area event calendar. But first on tonight's show, we will be spending some time saying farewell to our associate producer and board engineer, Sarah Hattrick. Sarah joined the show in 2013 and has been a great resource to not only me, but Olivia and Carol before me as producers on the show. Although we are sad to see her go, she will stick with us in some capacity by becoming a correspondent from her new home in Atlanta. Sarah, tell us a little bit of your additional plans uh, for moving to Hotlanta. Well, Ryan, I actually realized a few days ago that, that people don't actually call it Hotlanta. Um, That's not a thing anymore? <laughs> no, uh, not yeah. if you live there. So I'm going to have to brush up on my Atlanta speak. Um, so a I, little I still bit think of that that's a thing plans. for Indiana, though. Well, I for hear people it all from Indiana, I mean, pe- not people that live there. I mean, I, okay. I'm going to be a transplant. I need to learn my, my stuff. <laughs> probably would be a good idea. You're no longer going to be a tourist. Yeah. Yeah. I'll probably be a tourist for a little bit, though. Um, so <laughs> a little bit of my additional plans. So uh, I'm actually moving a week from today. Hopefully around this time, we'll be about halfway there uh, and stopping for the night. And uh, the next day we'll be arriving. And uh, yeah, we are ready um, feeling feeling good, feeling nervous. It's been a it's been a long trip in the making. Definitely not something I expected to happen, especially so quickly. And definitely did not expect to choose Atlanta as a as a final destination. At least, I mean, probably like a month ago, if you would, if you'd have asked me, like, oh, where are you going to move in May when your lease is close to expiring? Uh, <laughs> I, I probably wouldn't have said Atlanta, but here I am today saying that next week I'm moving to Atlanta. So here we are. A couple of things. First, you haven't started packing yet. That's that's a no-no. <laughs> that is absolutely correct. Yeah, I haven't started packing yet. Uh, I've got some big things uh, to take care of this weekend uh, since deciding that we were going to leave early. Uh, my boyfriend is running the Indianapolis Mini Marathon tomorrow. So uh, I've also had to work in a trip to visit my parents. So every weekend up until this point has been something else to do. So I have not started packing. I will have probably about two or three days to pack, but luckily I do not have that much junk. So I think I'll be fine. That helps because <laughs> when you have a lot of junk, yes, it, it, it takes up a lot more time. And on top of that, you know, you have the rush of all the students moving out as well. So yeah, I'm really happy that we are able to avoid that rush, at least for a week, uh, getting out of town tomorrow. And it won't exactly be the most fun thing, but uh, definitely happy to avoid that that issue of leaving town next week, I feel like it won't be as bad as it could be. And also we'll be going south. Most of the students normally go north. That's that's right. And the second thing is, is that a, a lot of people, I feel like seniors especially, don't know where they're going until the week before. <laughs> so <laughs> so consider yourself lucky that you knew about a month beforehand that, yeah, and, that you uh, knew where you were going. And to uh, any of the graduating seniors there, I've been here for three years. I graduated in 2014 and I still didn't know where I was going to go. So uh, if you are still not sure of where you're going to go, take some time because... Uh, you you could be you could be here for years. Stay in yeah. Bloomington and join our team for three years. Yes, that, that would be helpful. yes, help us help us get that syndication. Speaking of which, Sarah, how did you start with the show? Uh, I started in 2013, as uh, you mentioned that delightful intro that you gave me, that I also wrote about in our Facebook post today. Um, I actually started with WFHB first before I came involved with Blooming Out, so I was. Uh, I was working as a as an audio engineer and a board engineer for the daily local news for a few different days, and I worked in a few other shows. And then my schedule started opening up, and I, I wanted to do more more stuff. So, um, just so happened that our news director at the time what mentioned that there was a, a an upcoming opening for Blooming Out, um, which I didn't really know a lot about the show when I first got started. Um, so I just kind of showed up on the day that their their engineer was was finishing his final engineering shift, and I just kind of took over. I I met Helen and Carol kind of after after that. Actually, I kind of 
became more acquainted with them and learned more about them. So um, I just kind of fell into it. And when the opportunity presented itself, I just kind of started doing it. And I, I found no reason to stop. At the time, were you already um, really passionate about the LGBT community or did you gradually become <clears throat> passionate about the LGBT community over time? I definitely gradu- gradually became a little more impassioned about about being more involved in the LGBTQ community. Um, I didn't have much of a social life and I did start with the station and with the show when I was a student, so that didn't really help. Um, but I found that there was a lot more of a presence uh, for people in the community and that presence was kind of coming to the forefront at the show. Like they were having authors and people from Spencer Pride and people that were, you know, present in the community dealing and 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 associating with, with LGBTQ organizations. So I just kind of became involved in that fact. Um, and it took me a long time. I mean, I was probably 21 or 22 when I, or, you know, when I, I didn't really know very much about the community. So it, it took me a while because I just really hadn't been exposed to it. So I think definitely after I became involved with the show. Awesome. Uh, Sarah, we're of course very sad to see you go, but uh, I've heard that we're still going to be getting your help. Uh, What are some areas that you're gonna focus on being our correspondent from afar? (laughs) Yes, so that's exciting. Um, Well, hopefully we wanna get settled. Um, I know that Atlanta, the city of Atlanta is having its 47th uh, Pride Festival this year. Uh, which a festival for 47 years is is really great. So that'll be really cool. So hopefully I'll be able to capture some field audio. Um, And of course, uh, I'm hoping to get more involved with a a few other smaller organizations in in Atlanta and the nearby area, especially Georgia Equality is a big organization that I've kind of become accustomed to leading up to this move because I've just been began following their presence on Facebook and there's a lot of stuff happening. So I'd love to, I'd love to, if anything, be a correspondent for a lot of local legislative sessions that are happening in Georgia and kind of keep people up to date because there's a lot happening there. When you were 22 and, and still not, you know, in, involved in the LGBTQ community like you are today, uh, what were your thoughts back then, especially when you found out kind of, oh, I'm going to be involved in, in this LGBTQ radio show and it's the only one in the Midwest and uh, there's a lot to do in, in this area. So that goes in into uh, along the lines of why why did you become so passionate about the LGBTQ community? And uh, what's what drives that passion? What keeps that fire burning today? Well, like you know, as I mentioned, it just kind of took me a long time to get into it because I really wasn't exposed to it where I grew up. I grew up in a very rural corner of northeastern Indiana. I knew one person that was gay. No, nobody was nobody I knew was a lesbian. I didn't know anybody who was trans. So I knew one person in the LGBTQ community, and I didn't really understand it. I didn't. I. I mean, I didn't understand the big deal, I've, I've never pictured myself as anything but an ally because being an ally is the only thing that's really made sense to me. I haven't, I, I grew up in a, a religious house, but I haven't grown up in one that was hateful or, or those negative connotations that sometimes people associate with re- religions or, or people that are of a faith. Um, what was the question? Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> I'm already flustered here. I can feel my face flushing. No, it's okay. Um, you know, it's your, your last time with us. I'm, yeah, I'm, I'm very emotional. Me too. Um, but why did you become passionate? I mean, obviously that grew over time. Yes. What, oh, good. You know, and, and what keeps that fire burning today? Well, it's it's really, you know, meeting meeting all these people and knowing that Blooming Out is the only LGBTQ show in, in the state of Indiana that has such a, a big following. You know, we have a Facebook page. We've got, you know, when I when I first became involved with the show, Helen and Carol, who really kind of in, involved me and 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 you know introduced me to a lot of a lot of these people made me realize that there was such a large need here cuz cuz I would listen to them talking about how they were how they were out in in the military and how how they were how they were here and how you know they knew all these different people that really depended on this show and I actually ended up doing an undergraduate interview with Carol Carol Fisher about why the show was important to her and it was a really a really important thing to hear that from another person who who hadn't you know who had lived for for decades in in the community who had met all these dozens of people who had so many different firsthand accounts of of being involved you know of of hearing why this show was such a lifeline to people down here in the state and down here in south central indiana um 
and it really just kind of proves proves the point of why it's important to be here because there are a lot of people that have this as a lifeline. There's people in Brown County, people in Ellettsville, people in Spencer, people that can catch our stream anywhere online that are looking for representation and looking for voices like theirs that haven't been able to find that. So that's kind of why I keep doing it because representation in the media is difficult for anyone who isn't cis, uh, cis, you know, heterosexual, um, white, <laughs> straight. So it's, it's kind of, it's, it's necessary to have that type of res- representation, not just on four local frequencies, but on the air. And it's important for allies to know that that type of lifeline exists for people that they want to assist, that they are trying to empathize with, that, that there's a something there to help them reinforce, you know, this whole connection between people that may not have any other connection. For anybody who who is out there and um, wants to volunteer, uh, what would you recommend in, in terms of you consider yourself straight, correct? Yes. So, um, what would you recommend if, if they wanted to volunteer and they're straight and and all of that? Uh, but on top of that, did you have any reservations starting as a straight woman on the show? No, I really never did. Um, I know that there's a there's a really strange. Not, I wouldn't say paranoia, but there's just kind of a strange feeling that some people may have, you know, having, you know, as a, as an ally, being being a straight person, being associated with an LGBTQ show. But that's only that that's not that's not that's not ever how I thought of it. I never thought of it as being something like, oh, like what if my family finds out that I'm engineering, that I that I care about this community, that I am a part of this. So my my thing is is know how you feel and know who you care about and know what you're doing is important and don't don't feel afraid you know we're in the midwest it's not exactly the most <laughs> the most uh open arms place to be especially if you're a member of the the queer ally communities but um it's important to know that you know being a being a part of an organization and a show like this is a first step into helping people that you care about and helping helping communities that you that you know need need a voice. So I would say don't be afraid. How would somebody take the first comfortable step into being a volunteer here at, in, at Blooming Out, but even WFHB in general? Well, uh, as the volunteer coordinator, uh, we are. I'm leaving my position in the hands of two totally capable people. We've got a, a rising committee of people. So uh, first, I would definitely recommend to, if you are if you are in the area, if you have any questions, email volunteer wfhb.org or we also have new volunteer orientations every Wednesday um, they are open to the public they take place here at the station Firehouse Station 108 West 4th Street across from the 4th Street Garage every Wednesday 6.30 there's one coming up uh, next week as I believe um, and you know we, we let you know about the station we let you know some information about what opportunities are, are available here to you as a volunteer um, so, you know, we we love when new people show up. We love hearing people that aren't really sure what they're going to do or people that have a great idea of what they want to do that know exactly what they want to do. So just show up. <laughs> and Sarah, you you and your boyfriend are both pretty important people here at WFHB. You, of course, being the, co- the volunteer coordinator. And um, he also works on some other shows. And what, what made you just both decide to leave at this time and... What are what are you looking forward to bringing with you that you uh, got here at the station? Well, definitely. Uh, I mean, as far as timing, it was just time to leave. I mean, I've lived here for twenty five years. I was, I, I grew up in northeastern Indiana. I, I came down here to go to school, and then ever since, I've just kind of been here. And I've always had a desire to leave, but the situ- situation is stipulated that as long as I leave, I have enough money to survive. So. Took me some time, expected to be out of here as soon as I finished the school, didn't happen, that's okay. Uh, I have enough money to leave and uh, I think that now is important because now I have experience in in being an ally and being in an environment that 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 has this this open arms community that has that has a medium and I'm able to kind of I'm really excited to be able to take that somewhere else that that may have a, a bigger physical market for for what is for you know for for advocates and for allies that has you know a little more a little more fire not firepower uh, but like <laughs> a little more staying power because it's just a bigger city and so there's a little more 
openness as far as the market and as far as the venues and and it's there's just going to be I don't know it's just it's really exciting so I'm I'm really happy to have taken this experience. You know, you're you're really poised now to to make that next step. I've watched you grow over the last 2 years of knowing you two-ish years of knowing you and seeing where you know how how passionate you are about things and uh, knowing the person you are any community that winds up having you is going to be a very f- special place because oh, you are in it. Jeez. And it, it, that, I mean, yes, it's sappy. Yes, it's a goodbye. It's farewell, of course. But it's true. I've, I've watched how you have interacted. I've watched how you have uh, done so much for this show and us as a community here in Bloomington uh, that it is an exciting time for you, and I'm excited for you. We are going to take our first music break before coming back to talk to you a little bit more about uh, some of the stuff that we're going to look forward to here shortly. Good. I'm going to turn off my mic and All cry. Right. <laughs> <laughs> of her sexuality, Carly Simon has said, I don't consider myself to be not gay. I've enlarged all of my possibilities. I have a lot of extremely personal stories to tell about that, but we won't go into that right now. Let's just say that it de- just depends on upon who I'm with. Collaborating along with Kaylee, you, you, you Go just all right <laughs> on the track ticker tape off the Gorillas' latest album, Humans. Here is Carly Simon. Waiting for the world to start again 
Waiting for the world Again We are back with Sarah, who is leaving us in just a week. Uh, Sarah, we would love to know what what has been one of your favorite shows of ours. So I've been in the show for what three years? Four years? Three years? Th- 2013? Well, no, you took or, a break a little bit. I did take a break. So yeah, but um, probably three-ish years. Yeah, I've got I've got two actually. So I've got some from when I before the break <clears> and one after the break. Um, so we, I remember when I was an engineer and AP with Carol and Helen, we had a really great interview with JJ Grafreda, who we've had on the show since then. Mm-hmm. But it was just a, a really great interview because it was my first expose, exposure to JJ, um, and I found out like how how much of a delight she is as a JJ as, is a delight. <laughs> yeah, she's she's yes. just a lot of fun. Um, so that was really cool. Oh no, now I have three. Um, so <laughs> JJ was one. Anytime that JJ comes on the show is really great. Um, but I think that one of the other really cool ones was uh, the Bloomington Peace Choir came by, and I actually got to mic them because they did a live performance. So I set up a microphone, and they did a live a live song in that studio where you guys are, and I'm just watching you guys through the glass. Mm-hmm. Um, but um, that was really cool. Uh, but I mean, there have been a, a lot of really great, really great interviews. Um, I'm a big fan of how many authors we've had on the show. Uh, we've, I mean, especially local authors, because um, I feel like that's that's a big group of people that hasn't been as represented, <laughs> represented, uh, represented. Um, in in a few other shows, especially these authors that are just now releasing books, mm-hmm. like uh, J. Packer, jeez, tongue tied in here. It's warm in here. Um, J. Patrick Redmond, um, who released Some Go Hungry, that was a really great interview. Not only because the book content is also very interesting, but because it was just a really great interview with with a new author. And as you can hear, there are sirens there are behind some me. Sirens <laughs> um, I'm I'm in the room opposite, so I'm watching Grace and Ryan through this glass. Um, but it's also very warm in here, so we have a window open, and now there's sirens, and now they go. Um, so J. J. Patrick Redmond, Bloomington Peace Choir, uh, anytime with J. J. Grufreda, and uh, our interview we had a few weeks ago with Ashton Shaw Melvin, yeah, yeah. who was an author um, that Grace and, and Colin interviewed, um, who was just releasing his first novel of short stories. That was really great because mm-hmm. he. He he's from Mitchell, and uh, he was releasing this first this first release of his of of these short stories, and I thought it was just a really nice interview, you know, to have somebody who was releasing this first piece of art um, on the show, and that was really cool. And I I hope that we continue to have more of those authors. I mean, there's no doubt. I I opened our mail finally because I found that mailbox a few <laughs> weeks ago. Whoops! Um, and I found a couple of books sent to me by by a few authors. Mm-hmm. So we're going to continue that on. Uh, soon enough, along with great musical talent. So, uh, you know, there's there's a lot to get to, of course, but what are some things that we may not have gotten to mm-hmm. over the course of the year or over the course of the years that you would really like to see on this show? So I know we, Ryan and I, we've had a discussion of having more, you know, uh, LGBTQ celebrities on the show. Um, I know that when uh, there have been a few people visiting, uh, I, would, I would love to have more out comedians and out celebrities. Mm-hmm. Um, Tig Nataro and Laverne Cox, and I know that our big one was Ellen DeGeneres, but I just think that, um, unfortunately, we didn't get to do it while I was part of the show, and I know that you guys can totally knock it out when I leave, Um, but I would love to have some more 
uh, bigger name celebrities. Um, one person I tried to get on the show who was very busy was uh, Pete Bettekig, uh mm-hmm. Mayor Pete from South Bend, Indiana, who is an out veteran. Um, he was running for DNC chair. He was very busy when I made contact with him, but I'd hope that at some point we can have him down here on the show since South Bend is a very short four-hour drive from here. <laughs> so, um, yeah, there's there's a there's a lot of people, but definitely those three or four people. There are a lot of people to get on the show, and and you know it's no um, it's no small task, and and it's help that from from you and. Uh, from Grace and Colin and JP and mm-hmm. so forth and so on that that gets those on the show and it's probably the help that I'm going to miss most out of you <laughs> is <laughs> is working these leads and trying to get things done here on the show. Mm-hmm. Um, I have no doubt that uh, Gra- Grace is going to be able to <laughs> to take over and do well on yeah, okay. that. But <laughs> sorry for st- setting the standards high, Grace. Mm-hmm. Um, Good luck, Grace. What can we improve on? in in your absence i know that we have regular meetings about once a month and we sit down and we talk but what's some things that you would like us to focus on over the course of the next few years uh, to to get better i think a, a big thing for me and i think just a big issue overall is that we need to get more volunteers involved it's just kind of hard to keep volunteers because you know bloomington is, is a transient. college town yeah, it's and it, it's a transient town but mm-hmm. we do have people that are willing to stay involved with the show despite moving so I know that it's just something we're going to have to reinforce and it's it's definitely something we're going to have to kind of get our name out there about because I know there's there's lots of people from not only the student community but also the local community that would love to be involved with the show. Um, so I think that we can definitely continue to get our name out there and I think that would be a big thing. Um, and I know you guys can do it. Uh, it's just it's just in a thing that we haven't gotten to yet. But um, I know that we can can keep people around um that's just that's just a hard thing you know for the station in general is just keeping people for 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 a little bit because it is such a such a transient town and so many people come so people go um i don't know i think i think we've been doing a pretty good job overall there's been a lot of a lot of improvements since i've been back um and there's been a lot of improvements since i've been here so I think that we're definitely making strides in the in a good direction, um, and I know that we we have a, a, a goal in mind, and I think it's important that we do continue to discuss, you know, what the vision is for the show and and how we can keep reinforcing WFHB's WFHB's mission. Um, and I think that we're we're definitely on the right path here. Yeah, and Sarah, maybe a hard question, but what what has been the best part about being a member of WFHB? Well, I've actually thought about this, so. Ever since I, I announced that I was moving and, and people have asked me about a million different ways, what are you going to miss most about Bloomington? And I mean, I have to say, like, aside from the Euros and the fact that I can get <laughs> cookies at like 3 a.m., um, which I, I probably can get elsewhere, but honestly, here is like where I was first introduced to that concept, which is awesome. Um Probably WFHB, and I think the the part that I'm going to miss the most is that, you know, when I became a part of WFHB, I was a student, but... And I didn't really have any semblance of the community or or who the people of Bloomington were, who our listeners were. But it was when I started volunteering with WFHB that I really realized that there's a community here. And I started feeling like a part of that community, not just at the station, but a part of Bloomington. Mm-hmm. So that was that was that's been a, a big impact on me. And I think about that all the time. I think about how the station has made me feel so at home. When you head down to Atlanta. What are you going to find that replaces WFHB? <laughs> Nothing. 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 The first cut is the deepest. Baby, I know. Um, I think Cheryl Crow said that. One of those, yeah. Uh, uh, so there's there's not going to be anything like WFHB because, like I said, it's made a huge impression on me, and I won't forget anything. Um, but there is there is community radio in Georgia, in Atlanta specifically. There's a few a few stations that I really hope that I can get involved with, that I hope that I can bring my experience here that have been so formative and so important to me and so important to me as a person um, that I that I can bring that to that to that new space. So definitely want to keep getting involved in community radio. Definitely want to keep being an advocate for LGBTQ people. Definitely want to keep doing what I've been doing. Maybe we can bring a version of Blooming Out to one of those <laughs> stations down there. That would be nice. I I don't know if there's any any show like this down there, but if there is, they know they know somebody. I mean, I'll be there. So get some yeah, research done, and then maybe mm-hmm. you can carry us on down there, huh? <laughs> How about that? That'd be fun. <laughs> um, any advice for Grace as she takes over uh, your role as the new associate producer of the show? Grace, stay organized. 
Mm-hmm. Um, it's important. Um, stay on people. Be in constant communication with them. Badger them if you have to. It's important. Um, aside from that, you know, don't especially me. Don't get frustrated. It it can be a frustrating thing. Working in media is incredibly frustrating because you have to deal with a lot of different people. You have to, you know, working in community radio is a lot like have what is it? Hurting cats. I think that's the phrase that I've heard <laughs> used a lot. So stay on people. Stay organized. Stay on people. Don't don't stop. No matter how irritating you think you sound, just don't stop. All right, that's that's good advice. I'll remember that. Yeah, she's gonna do fine. <laughs> she will. <laughs> Sarah, uh, from the bottom of my heart, I I really really thank you for all that you have done for not only us here on Blooming Out, but for WFHB as a whole. Your hard work, dedication, time, and love for what you do shine through in everything, and I sincerely mean that. I know I will miss you as a part of this family, but also know that you will never be more than a Facebook message or a text away, so don't expect me to quit badgering you (laughs) over certain things because I'll probably need to over something. Good. But thank you for being you. Good luck on your next great adventure. And Grace, although you are heading on summer break here after after tomorrow um, and away from us for a couple of months, I know you are, are going to be hard at work gearing up uh, for your first season as the new associate producer come your return in the fall. And congratulations thank on you. working thank up you. to that. So thank both of you so much for all of your hard work. And I'm excited for you, Sarah, and I'm excited for you, Grace. And I'm excited for what we're going to do, um, no matter. And I'm excited for what you're going to do, Sarah. So oh, geez. you're going to keep yeah. doing great things, and I know it. <laughs> oh, geez. Oh, geez. All right. Well, with that, I'm going to take to the top of the hour. We will return to Blooming Out in just a hot minute here at the Firehouse Station. Is a, it is about 49 degrees. It's May 4th. It's raining all the time. Uh, chance of rain tonight, 100%. Uh, low of about 45, a few thunderstorms early in the day, light clouds uh, variable with that chance of rain continuing to be 100%. Rainfall may reach up to one inch. Tomorrow, cloudy with a 100%, 100% chance of rain, high of 51. Uh, Friday night, 40 degrees, lives low. Cloudy skies early, then partly cloudy after midnight. Um, and then Saturday, commencement here at Indiana University and in Bloomington, very crowded, 60% chance of rain. High of 59 with showers in the morning, then clearing up in the afternoon. Good news there. Partly cloudy skies on Saturday night, low of 37 with a 0% chance of rain. And now we are going to let you know, but before we take you back, we are listening to WFHB, Bloomington, Bedford, Ellettsville, Nashville, Community Radio for South Central Indiana. And now I'm going to take you back to Grace and Ryan here on Blooming Out on WFHB. All right, it's time for our next music break of the evening. After announcing his departure from Vampire Weekend in early 2016, Rostam Batmanglij collaborated on a joint album with Hamilton Lighthouser, the exquisitely Baroque I Had a Dream That You Were Mine, and notched credits on songs by contemporary pop trailblazers like Solange and Frank Ocean. But he also shared a bevy of sparsely evocative tracks under his own name, and he's back with a new solo release. He said the song may be about trying to listen to what your subconscious mind is trying to say to you. Here is Rostam with Guan. Don't listen to me, I only believe myself So I'm going somewhere to do that alone And then I see it, the light falls through And all of it don't seem so hard Do you ever get the sense you're watching someone else Your face against the glass across 11th Some people say they know, they never really know They all wait for something that never comes to them But all of these dreams keep coming back to me slowly Yeah. 
heart Down a shaft from afar Pulls you out of bed and into the noise Whoever's up this late, you're really still awake Why can't you go to sleep like everybody else when all of these dreams keep coming back to me slowly, slowly And sometimes I laugh when I think about how well you know me, yeah you know me But all of these dreams keep coming back to me slowly, slowly Sometimes I laugh when I think about how you know me Yeah, you know me But all of these dreams keep coming back to me slowly Slowly And sometimes I laugh when I think about how you know me Yeah, you know me Support for WFHB and Blooming Out comes from the back door downtown Bloomington's Queer's Bar, Dance Club, and Venue. From live bands and DJs to drag shows and karaoke, there is something for everyone every day of the week. The back door is located at 207 South College in the alley behind Atlas Bar, and more information can be found on Facebook or online at bckdoor.com. Cor- uh, Blooming Out is also supported by the Quarryland Men's Chorus, Bloomington's premier chorus for gay, bi, and trans men and their allies. More information can be found at quarryland.org. Now we turn to our news director, Noelle Phillips, for this week's LGBTQ plus headlines. In national news, the White House is expected to have an anti-LGBTQ religious liberty executive order signed on Thursday. Thursday also marks the National Day of Prayer in the United States. According to Politico, two senior administration officials confirmed the plan, although one warned that, as of Tuesday, May 2nd, the order had not been finalized. A draft executive order leaked from inside the White House back in February that would allow religious discrimination against LGBTQ people. The order was tabled for redrafting after the leak, but is rumored to be back after pressure from Republicans, including Ted Cruz and Mike Pence. One conservative source familiar with the new text, however, told Politico that the language is still very, very strong. 
Back in April, a group of Republican Congress people signed letters urging the Trump administration to sign the executive order. The politicians claim that executive action is needed to, quote, protect religious liberty in light of the Supreme Court's recent redefinition of marriage, end quote. Ahead of the decision, this week Politico published an advertisement from 1,300 faith leaders urging Trump to think again. The group, known as Clergy United Against Discrimination, said, quote, This is neither what religious freedom means in the eyes of the law, nor what religion itself means to millions of Americans of faith, end quote. Elsewhere this week, the American Civil Liberties Union and Lambda Legal vowed to sue if the order is signed. A Lambda Legal representative said, quote, We will fight this with everything we have. We are prepared to sue in a very short time frame if the executive order closely resembles the leaked drafts, end quote. In other national news, 240 members of Congress are supporting a bill to outlaw anti-LGBTQ discrimination in the United States. The Democrats on Tuesday staged a high-profile relaunch for the Equality Act legislation. Senator Jeff Merkley of Oregon delivered the opening comments. 38% of our gay, lesbian, bisexual community reports harassment in the workplace. 78% of our transgender community reports harassment in the workplace. In 30 states, there are no laws providing protection against discrimination. Discrimination in accommodations, discrimination in employment, discrimination in jury service. That's why today we are coming together to reintroduce the Equality Act, a comprehensive bill establishing very clear permanent protections against discrimination based on an individual's sexual orientation or gender identity. The Democrats have repeatedly tried to add LGBTQ rights protections to existing anti-discrimination civil rights laws. But Republicans in Congress blocked both the initial introduction of the Equality Act and its predecessor, the Employment Non-Discrimination Act. In the local news, a Bloomington man was charged with institutional criminal mischief after admitting to police he vandalized the Brown County Church where he is employed. George Nathan Stang works at St. David's Episcopal Church as an organist. Police say they do not believe the crime was motivated by anti-Christian or anti-LGBTQ hate. Brown County Prosecutor Ted Adams said in a statement that Stang wanted to, quote, mobilize a movement, end quote, after he was disappointed by the election results. Uh, he explained that one of the reasons he had done it was fear. Uh, he was concerned about the results of the election. Court documents say shortly after the presidential election in November, Stang, who is gay, called Reverend Kelsey Hutto to let her know the church building had been vandalized. The vandalism included Heil Trump, a swastika, and an anti-gay slur spray-painted on the exterior of the building. According to a press release, Brown County Police believe the vandalism was committed by someone familiar with the church who would have known the congregation performs weddings for same-sex couples. Investigators examined cell phone tower data and determined Stang was near the church on the day of the vandalism. Stang wrote in a statement for prosecutors, quote, I suppose I wanted to give local people a reason to fight for good, even if it was a false flag. I, of course, realize now that this was not the way to go about inspiring activism, end quote. In Global News, German Chancellor Angela Merkel pressed Vladimir Putin during a summit to investigate homophobic persecution in Chechnya. Reports last month alleged that more than 100 gay men have been detained in the region, with many feared dead. Ich habe noch einmal darauf hingewiesen, wie wichtig auch, dass die Möglichkeit von Demonstrationsrechten ist in einer Zivilgesellschaft, wie wichtig die Rolle der NGOs ist und äh, besonders daran erinnert, dass wir sehr negative Berichte bekommen über den Umgang gerade mit Homosexuellen in Tschetschenien und ich habe den Präsidenten Wladimir Putin gebeten, seinen Einfluss hier auch geltend zu machen, um diese Minderheitenrechte zu gewährleisten, genauso. Chancellor Merkel said, quote, We spoke about the rights and opinions of civil society here in Russia. The right to demonstrate is important in a civil society, and I also highlighted the roles of NGOs. We have received negative reports on the way that homosexuals are dealt with in Chechnya particularly, and I asked President Putin to use his influence to help gay people in the region, end quote. Putin did not respond to her comments. CNN's Matthew Chance reported from Moscow on the death threats made by Muslim clerics against Elena Malashina, the journalist who broke the original story. The only way that can stop the people who might possibly think of murdering my colleagues is to show them that there will be another one. And you're prepared to put your life on the line for that yeah, ideal? Absolutely. That's, that makes me much stronger than my enemies in Chechnya. 
Nations of the Equal Rights Coalition urged Russia to investigate the reports and hold those responsible accountable. However, on May 1st, police in St. Petersburg detained LGBTQ activists who were trying to raise awareness about the persecution in Chechnya. Chechnya's leader, Ramzan Kadyrov, who has denied that there are gay people in his country, reportedly said there were plans to eliminate the gay community before the start of Ramadan on May 26th. In a commentary for the European Council on Foreign Relations, Anna Arutunya explains why Putin won't interfere with Kadyrov. Recounting a recent meeting between the two leaders, Arutunya writes, quote, The sum total of the message demonstrated that Putin has no leverage over Kadyrov, that Russian laws do not work in Chechnya, but at least Chechnya is doing its bit to fight Russia's wars, so it deserves every ruble of Russia's tribute and every ounce of its de facto autonomy, end quote. In other global news, Ireland is set to become the first country in the world to enforce a national LGBTQ youth strategy, with a focus on tackling homophobia and other challenges faced by young Irish people. Events are being organized across the country to open a line of communication and give government ministers a better understanding of issues that need to be addressed. Catherine Zappone, who is Ireland's Minister for Children and Youth Affairs, is spearheading the initiative. She is recognized for contributing to the equal marriage debate in Ireland when she took a case to have her marriage with her wife recognized to the High Court. The youth strategy hopes to be able to make changes in key policy areas after holding consultations with people aging between 15 and 24. For Blooming Out on WFHB, I'm Noel Phillips. Well, Grace, there's a lot. There's actually quite a bit to talk about today. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, news-wise, we have the Religious Liberty Executive Order that was mm-hmm. uh, <laughs> passed down by President Trump today. Uh, they took a lot of stuff that that President or Vice President Mike Pence put a, as governor in our RIFRA here in this state, mm-hmm. and used that as uh, as a basis for. A national referendum here and, yeah, and it's like <laughs> it's like we're, we're sitting here and like didn't you realize how much backlash you, lash you got the first time around yeah now here's the thing i was watching msnbc today uh and, mm-hmm. and uh they were talking a little bit about um about the religious uh freedom uh, executive order and or doctrine or whatever the decree or whatever you want to call it coming from president trump's right, exactly. lips uh and what they said is that it's not really targeting lgbt individuals but how is it not targeting specific groups when it tells people of religious faiths that they are essentially allowed to, to uh, not not serve people that they disagree with you know i was reading ryan that um they're there was a initial draft that actually was much more uh, explicitly discriminatory uh, in 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 specific to LGBT people. But um, yeah, I think obviously with a federal um, decree, as you said, like that, you, they can't be so direct about it. They have to be a little, you know, under under the table with their wording. I mean, he went on and on about religious freedom. He, oh, uh, if you saw his, his uh, statement about it, he, his basis was that he was protecting the First Amendment. And we know he's been maybe not the uh, most, the best proponent of the First Amendment <laughs> no, in how he he's treated no. people's speech against him. Uh, so, you know, it's interesting how he's sugarcoating this to be some great first amendment or yeah first amendment um you know some some great achievement for the first amendment i well it is definitely something that will affect the lgbt community if it if it uh comes to be i've also heard that it's not necessarily going to fully pass in a similar way his uh, Muslim ban didn't pass, but if if it did, I would say the main, I, I would say the main target of this discrimination is almost uh, Muslims because he made a statement. He, he said, "The federal government has used the power of the state as a weapon against people of faith, bullying and even punishing Americans for following their religious beliefs." And I mean, that's just the most ironic thing he could say, considering. That's exactly what he's done. And Are you sure it's the most ironic thing he can say? <laughs> he said a lot of iron- yeah, ironic I, things. I, of course. But it's – he I, – I guess what I'm trying to say is that he believes in religious freedom for Christians. And 
it's very clear that his 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 words and his protections are very uh, individualized. They're therefore one type of people. In a lot of ways, I feel like this opens up an, a, a whole new can of worms for people who want to be like Chechnya and and uh, openly kill and discriminate gay people right then and there. Uh, the the che- Chechen government has uh, essentially told parents that they have to kill their children or else they'll do it, their, their gay children, mm-hmm. or else they'll do it for them. And I feel like any way that you open up discrimination opens up the ability mm-hmm. for more discrimination and onto killing like that. Yeah, yeah. I would, I mean, I would say, I guess I don't see it getting that far. I'm but, sure it won't, but, but it still opens I do, the door I do, to it. Yes, there's definitely, and we've seen many acts of uh, or indicative of fascism from Donald Trump. So certainly that's something to be wary of. Um, But yeah, I mean, in a situation like this saying that, you know, that that they can tell, you know, people to do what they want, they can discriminate so openly. um, That's definitely a very dangerous thing. Check this fact. And if you if anybody can find anything con- uh, contradictory to about what I'm about to say, then, then feel free. But uh, German Chancellor Angela Merkel has, yes. has spoken out against she has. Uh, what the, the atrocity going on in Chech- Chechnya. Uh, but have you heard a peep out of the American government? And um, if you have, it's probably been just a subtle little thing. Well, uh, Colin and I have discussed it a couple weeks here now. Um, there has been talk. There's been talk uh, from senators, governors, uh, things like that. There has been nothing from Donald Trump. And I, you know, I'm not going to make too heavy of links here, but uh, the Chechen area is mainly Muslim mm-hmm. and the people being targeted are LGBT. The Donald Trump's not a great proponent for either of these categories. <laughs> and, um, not at all. I mean, while, you know, I'd like to be surprised, I'm not so surprised. However, being the president of the, the, the only superpower in the world, he needs to be making a statement about this. 100% correct. And it is an atrocity of what's going on in Chechnya. And it needs to be stopped mm-hmm, absolutely. no matter what. Absolutely. Well, we're going to go on to our last music break of the evening. Just a few weeks ago, up-and-coming solo act Shamir surprise released Hope, a new album available for streaming on SoundCloud. The record, which follows his 2015 debut album Ratchet, was recorded in a weekend. With the release, he wrote, I was going to quit music this weekend. From day one, it was clear I was an accidental pop star. I loved the idea of it. I mean, who doesn't? Still the wear of staying polished with how I'm presented and how my music was presented took a huge toll on me mentally. I started to hate music, the thing I loved the most. When I would listen to immaculate recordings with my friends, their praise over the quality of the art as opposed to the art itself made me feel really sad for music as a medium in general. My music only feels exciting for me if it's in the moment and that's what this album is. I made this album this past weekend stuck in my room with just a four four track feeling hopeless about my love for music. I'm not gonna lie, this album is hard to listen to, but it was even harder for me to share. I love pop music, I love outsider music, and I love lo-fi music. This is my way of combining all three. With his new track, What Else, here is Shamir. Coming to me 
finish out tonight's show, it's time for your weekly LGBTQ plus area event calendar. Oh. On May 1st, the first ever Free Moms Hug Tour launched from Oklahoma City. The tour will be making a stop in Spencer this Saturday, May 6th, at the Spencer Pride Community Center, which is located at 46 East Market Street. Kicking off at 4 p.m., the event will include distribution of countless free mom hugs to anyone interested in receiving one. The Free Mom Hugs Tour is making its final destination. It's the making way to its final destination at the historic Stonewall Inn in New York City. The tour will stop in 10 cities and surrounding communities. The purpose of the tour is to reassure the LGBTQ plus community that they are valued and loved and to raise awareness of their dignity and worth. On Sunday, join DJ Aaron Tilford and Majeure. Majeure is a weekly event at the Root Cellar Lounge beneath Farm Bloomington. DJ Tilford will start spinning the beats beginning at 8 p.m. HIV testing will continue to be provided by Positive Link through the summer on the first and third Thursday of each month at the LGBTQ plus Culture Center. This free, confidential 20-minute testing can be scheduled by contacting the Culture Center. Pride season is just around the corner, and you know what that means. Spencer will be kicking off the yearly June festivities on Saturday, June 3rd. Follow that up by attending the Circle City IN Parade, Pride Parade, and Festival in Indianapolis on June 10th and the Equality March for Unity and Pride in Washington, D.C. on June 11th. Finally, an IU staff member is forming a meetup group open to Bloomington area LGBTQ plus adults of all ages. If you're in town and would like to join like-minded folks for fun social activities, learn more by visiting www.meetup.com slash Bloomington dash LGBTQ dash social dash meetup. That is all the time we have for this evening. We would like to thank you for tuning in tonight. If you are interested in volunteering here at WFHB or for our show, contact volunteer at WFHB.org. You can also call us at 812-323-1200, tweet us at BloomingOutWFHB, visit our Blooming Out Facebook page, or find us on Instagram. The executive producer of Blooming Out is Joe Crawford. The producer is Ryan Shaddy. And one last time, the associate producer and board engineer is Sarah Hetrick. The news director is Noel Phillips. Finally, our theme music is an original composition produced for Blooming Out by Aaron Gage. For Blooming Out and Grace Thumser, I'm Ryan Shaddy. Please tune in again next Thursday at 5.30 p.m. and visit us online at bloomingout.com. Blooming Out 
Indiana's only LGBTQ plus radio program airs every Thursday evening here on WFHB at 5.30 p.m. You can also stream us 24 hours a day, seven days a week on WFHB.org or BloomingOut.com. Thank you for listening. Please tune in again next week to Blooming Out.